Hello and welcome to another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. I'm Chris Sork alongside D. Lou as we look back at K-State's 85-46 victory over the Oklahoma State Cowboys last Saturday and preview the big showdown in Lawrence as KE State travels to Lawrence to take on KU in a Monday game, 8 o'clock ESPN. Big game for sure as K-State looks for the season sweep over the Jayhawks. I want to bring in uh, alongside D. Lou here. I want to bring him in now. Uh, as K-State takes care of Oklahoma State, 85-46, we predicted a 21-point victory. We, uh, we could have gone almost double that. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, the game went, I think we both expected it to be a bit of a laugher yesterday in, uh, in Manhattan, and it, it really was, but I don't think either of us expected it to be quite as lopsided as it turned out to be, but uh, a welcome win, and especially uh, in a game where K-State's, uh, K-State's starting five could really take the second half off for the most part. Yeah, it's, uh, K-State... Jumped out early, had a commanding uh, 15-point lead. Started out the game on a 15-0 run uh, in the first five minutes of the game. And really, game was over at that point. It's hard to, it's hard to mess up a 15-point uh, you know, advantage in the first five minutes. It's hard to screw that up in the next 25 minutes. So, or in 35 minutes, excuse me. So, K-State got off... Hot, started rolling quickly, and uh, really never looked back against what was really just an overmatched Oklahoma State team, especially when K-State was shooting as well as it was. Yeah, let's just uh, talk about the shooting that uh, that did take place on Saturday. Looking up and down, uh, looking up and down the, the box score here, you can pick a number of guys uh, that stood out. Kamal Stokes, only 18 minutes. As you said, K-State got a lot of rest for their starters, but... Really got out to a great start, three of four from behind the arc. Got uh, some big shots uh, to go down early. Also had a nice little take to the basket uh, and and got a nice uh, lay in there. But he paced K State on early. Sneed uh, also chipped in twelve. Brown had ten. But it was a perfect game as we as we alluded to her early on here that K State got out early. Knew early on this game was pretty well in the bag. And that allows guys like uh, Kamal Stokes and Dean Wade, to, who are nursing injuries, to take the second half off and, and leave it up to the reserves. And also we'll get into that here in a little bit. But uh, in terms of what you would like to have seen from K-State, uh, going into Monday's showdown uh, in Lawrence against KU, you couldn't have scripted it really any better. No, it's uh, – well, especially considering KU's game too, but – for for K State, it was a game where, you know, we got a chance to see some of our reserves come in and really uh, just get some experience. And it's nice to have that in a game in February rather than a game in March where you know K State might get into foul trouble in a tournament game or something and have to rely on someone like Shawnee Williams or, or Trice to come in there and give them significant minutes. And so. To give them a little bit of game experience and, you know, it's being able to go against K-State starters in practice is one thing, but it's a whole other thing to be on the court when it's an actual game. And I thought uh, the reserves, by and large, played great. Um, 
But so it was nice to give them the experience and nice to give our starting five a chance to, for the most part, take it easy. As we discussed last episode, I thought Austin Trice really provided. Uh, I mean, granted, against West Virginia, he only, I believe, had four minutes of playing time. But I thought he really did do a nice job in those four minutes, uh, more defensively than offensively. But uh, had a real coming out party against Oklahoma State. Uh, career high 12 points for him. Uh, five rebounds. Perfect six of six from the line. Yeah, for a guy who's shooting 35, 36% from the, from the charity stripe, it's nice to see him uh, making progress there. And, you know, I, I learned yesterday that Bruce has been personally working with Austin Trice on his free throw stroke. And uh, I think that uh, really showed yesterday that he's making some real strides at the uh, at the line. Well, it certainly did. And he provided some great energy. He was obviously billed as a defense rebounder guy, but had some athleticism, of course. Uh, was kind of the scouting report on him as he came out of junior college and from the state of Illinois. But he also showed a little bit of uh, some offensive skill yesterday. He got the ball about down the short corner in the first half. Uh, did kind of a back dribble and a spin move. Uh, tried flushing it, uh, but uh, wasn't able to flush it and got fouled and, of course, made the free throws at the line. But you see what his performance uh, on Saturday, and you kind of begin to see what this staff had expected from him. And granted, it's a little late in the season to just now being or just now seeing it for the first time, but if um, – if Case they could get that kind of performance uh, from Austin Trice, I'm not saying every game he's going to go out there and, and contribute 12 points, but if you can get him in a role where you can throw him out there for, for 10, 12 minutes to, and not have a huge drop-off when uh, Mayween or if Dean Wade would go, would go, out of the, um, go out of the game with some foul trouble, you feel a little bit better about that spot being replaced uh, by the bench now. Also, too, uh, Levi Stockard uh, kind of got some late minutes, uh, but he had eight points too in eight minutes. So uh, from going, when we, we talked about Love and Stockard, both last uh, episode, uh, really not doing anything to contribute. And granted, Oklahoma State, uh, one of the worst teams in the conference, but you really like what you saw from, from the bench, not only at uh, the guard position, as we mentioned, with Sean Neal Williams, which we'll get into a little bit more uh, here in a bit, but especially from the uh, the front court men. Absolutely. Don't forget Nigel Shad either. Uh, yeah, yeah, nice little alley-oop there at the end. That was uh, probably the most spectacular play yesterday. Uh, just a great alley-oop from uh, Shania Williams to to uh, Nigel Shad, where Shad just climbs the ladder and throws it down. But Send it in, big fella! Exactly. Um, but no, you got to like what you see uh, from the front court yesterday, but also the back court too. I mean... And especially with Shania Williams, I thought he was the most impressive uh, bench player yesterday just because you you got to see – you knew that he was quick on the dribble, and you really got to see that yesterday uh, and see some of his skill set, especially with the ball in his hand. But also uh, making a couple three-pointers yesterday too. uh, The bank was open on one of them? uh, The bank was open on one of them, that's true. But uh, then on another – one of his misses, I think it was – from, you know, five or six feet beyond the three-point line where he was really feeling himself at that point. But uh, overall, I was really impressed with him. Six assists. Well, uh, only one turnover. Ten too. points in 27 minutes of action. Um, 
to kind of he and McGurl really filled in for Stokes, who was uh, who didn't play in the second half at all. Um, looked to be a little tender on his foot uh, or leg at some point. I don't know whether it was. Yeah, it, I don't know what the official word is there. The the word kind of on that is that it's not turf toe, but it's similar to it. So it's one of those toe injuries, just a, a jam toe essentially. There's real. I'm not a, uh, a doctor, but. I am. You are. That's right. Yeah. You are. I keep forgetting about your extensive. Yeah, I think this is. It's not turf toe, but it's it's closer to court toe. Okay. Uh, wood toe. Wood toe. Yeah. Toe. Either or. Okay. But uh, in any event, he didn't play in the second half. Uh, but Kane had a great first half. Yeah. I mean, he he was really the engineer that of those first fifteen uh, points for K State. I thought a lot of those came from him. Um, but no, there's not much he could say bad about yesterday. Everybody Couldn't played pretty efficiently. Um, yeah, in a game like that, you're just hoping that nobody gets hurt and you can get your starting five as much rest as they can to keep those legs fresh uh, for the next game. And especially with a quick back-to-back uh, with KU, uh, always great to have that extra rest. Um, so really, as we said, couldn't have drawn up a better Better scenario heading into the KU game. Uh, so K-State wins it 85-46. Drew, is there anything else you want to add uh, in regards to this game? Just how about Oklahoma State being held to a little under 17% from three-point range. Uh, four of 24 from beyond the arc for one of the conference's best, or at least yeah. uh, you know, a team that relies on the three-pointer uh, more than just about anybody else in the conference. And if K-State's going to outshoot Oklahoma State by uh, over 30% from three in a game, then you got to like your chances if you're K-State. Great defensive performance turned in by K-State. Lindy Waters, one of the better guards in the conference in my estimation, held to two points, one of three shooting, just completely under his skin throughout the day. Him and Barry Brown did, of course, receive a double technical, but K-State was just not let not making it easy for uh, Waters or Dezagua to get to get comfortable from behind the arc. And quite frankly, if Case if Oklahoma State was going to make this a close game, it was going to be due to those guys getting hot from behind the arc. And uh, combined two of ten from behind the arc for both Waters and Dezagua. Dezagua two of nine. Waters zero for one. So if there was a recipe for Oklahoma State to upset Kansas State, it really was those two guys carrying the load offensively and and making some big shots, and uh, K-State quelled that concern pretty easily. Absolutely, absolutely. So great defense, really impressive shooting from K-State's whole team, really. Uh, And maybe the number that sticks out most for me looking at this box score is Dean Wade played 11 minutes yesterday. And so for a guy who... This time last week, we were all, you know, a little nervous about uh, about his status. Uh, gave us some good minutes uh, last week uh, against uh, West Virginia, mm-hmm. but played just 11 minutes yesterday, and that wasn't because it, if any... Any discomfort? Yeah, it just appeared to be that, like that let's keep him rested and keep... Whatever nagging injuries are bugging him, uh, let's not have to exacerbate those and let him ride the pine for a 
damn near three quarters of the game. And we were able to do that, and uh, now it's onward to Lawrence. One thing I always like to point out in these games that are completely lopsided blowouts is when would K-State not have had to score anymore and still be able to have won the game? Well, what, we had 42 points at halftime? Uh, That's correct. And the answer to that question would have been uh, with 17-27 left to go in the second half, Mike McGurl made a three-pointer, which extended K-State's lead to 48-23. to And that would have been good enough. Would have been good enough. K-State could have taken a knee. Taken a knee, just ran out the shot clock, and away you go. That's right. It's always fun to look at that stuff. Yeah, well, and if you think, you know, had K-State run out the shot clock, yet the pace of the game would have completely changed too. And you start looking at some of that stuff, and Oklahoma State probably would have got fewer possessions if K-State was draining the shot clock out. Mm -hmm. And so, now then again, you have to figure in, Offensive rebounds there, too, which might mess with the calculations a little bit. But all in all, that's a good point. Yeah, still fun to see. Still fun to see. So that'll do it here for the wrap-up of K-State's dominating performance over Oklahoma State. D'Lu, I leave it to you to set the table for this K-State KU round two in Lawrence. Well, Chris, as uh, we all know, K-State won the first meeting between uh, of the Dillons combatants, 74-67. Mm-hmm. Uh, to A uh, couple weeks ago. And uh, at the time, K-State was riding very high because they were in the driver's seat last weekend. Uh, the picture shifted a little bit with uh, K-State dropping one to the Cyclones. Uh, but last night... The landscape shifted back a little bit because KU got uh, just absolutely uh, mauled by absolutely. the Red Raiders. Absolutely. Complete uh, complete blowout in that one uh, as KU uh, got ran out of Lubbock 91-62 to against a Texas Tech team right now that is as hot as anyone in the Big 12. Uh, really just an absolute fundamental dismantling of, of KU. This is a game very similar to what we saw in Bramwich Coliseum on Saturday against Oklahoma State, uh, where Tech jumped out to um, a big lead um, by the by the first media timeout. It was it was eighteen to eight, and KU never really got a whole lot closer than that. Uh, Texas Tech absolutely clinical on offense, um, led at halftime forty five. Uh, to 20, and at that point, you know, you, you always see KU play, and you, you think, okay, they've got to run in them still. Not this KU team. They just uh, came out the second half, got it down, I think, as close to 17, 18 points, but never really made a serious run at Texas Tech. The door was slammed uh, in the Jayhawks' face relatively early, and it was slammed on them often. Uh and now KU is sitting two games back uh, of first place of K-State. KU is now 9-5 and five in the conference. K-State is 11-3. and three, So the game tomorrow night is uh, of critical importance to KU. And K-State. Of, of course. But in terms of the streak, uh, it's really do or die tomorrow night for KU. 
because uh, if they lose, that's that's it. It's it's done. It's done. It's over. Um, and so you have to think. Kiss it goodbye. Exactly, and it'll be interesting to see how KU reacts to that. Whether they're gonna, because they don't have a whole lot of time to get in a good headspace after that loss. I mean, sometimes you think, okay, we can dwell on this game for a day, and then we have to go out and focus on our next one. Uh, but getting absolutely humiliated uh, like that, especially for a team and program like KU that's so accustomed to just running rush roughshod over the league. Uh, to have such a quick turnaround after a, a humiliation like that uh, could really mess with the psyche of, of the Jayhawks, I think. And so, on the other hand, K-State's feeling pretty good about themselves, riding high after a very about, just about their easiest win all season, mm-hmm. including non-con. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it'll the psychology of tomorrow night for both teams will be really interesting just to see how each team comes out and their confidence level and whether KU's going to feel like they're backed into a corner and they're ready to fight their way out of it or whether KU's just going to kind of phone it in on the conference season and maybe be thinking more about making a run in March. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a great way to look at it, Drew. And, and when I look at this matchup, I see it a little bit of the same way. Of course, KU will get the, the, the bonus uh, of playing – at home in this one, but... The bonus, you mean about the crooked officials giving them all the calls? Unfair treatment, yes. Yeah, very uh, unfair. Very unfair to visiting participants, and that, quite frankly, I think is KU's only chance in this one. You think so? Yeah. Rather, if it's a... The, whether it's the refs handing it to them or just a complete out-of-body game of their life performance by everyone on their roster, I think that's the only way they win. Well... And here's the thing about tomorrow night's game that, that I think is really interesting. How many times in our lifetime has K-State gone into Lawrence knowing that they are the better team? I mean... I don't think I can say one. I, I think that you could have said when... Maybe we went, 2010? Yeah, when we went in there with uh, the 2009-2010 season, we didn't have the better team. But... They could have believed that they were better. Yeah. They could have believed that. Sure. I mean, because when we went in there for the second time, it, it was the first game was the memorable one, college game day here mm-hmm. and everything. And it, it, you know, finished in overtime, played them tooth and nail. And that was a great KU team, too. This is, this is nowhere near the level of, of quality of a team uh, from KU. So maybe 07 with Beasley? Whenever you have the best player on the court and the best player in Maybe. college basketball, you always think you have a chance. But I mean, still, that KU team was phenomenal. So, I you can you can always have the psychology of oh seven oh eight. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, no, I, I knew what yeah. you were talking about. But when you, you go into that game, you think, oh yeah, we have the better, t- we have the best player. You know, we played them tooth and nail at home. We can we can do this. But I don't think that if you slipped Frank Martin truth serum. He would have said, oh, we have the better team tonight. We should win this game. Right. But I think tomorrow I think, night, K-State, oh, I, I don't, think any objective observer would say, oh, on a neutral court, K-State would be favored in this game. Yeah, they would be. Um, obviously, K-State, last I saw, was uh, a five-point dog. Well, and D'Lo, I'm glad that you uh, bring this up. Late money, or well, early money, excuse me, has uh, poured in on the Wildcats. Really? Down to a three and a half. Interesting. That's quite a jump there. Pretty quickly. It is. Um, and so, uh, 
The Sharps are uh, on K-State tomorrow night, it sounds like. and so uh, Early money trickling in. Or early money, not trickling. Flooding in. Well, let's hope for our friends oh, out okay. in the desert that... Uh, well, let's not hope for our friends out in the desert. Well, they took a bath on the first K-State KU game. That's right. As I as I was corresponding with several uh, high-ranking bookmakers in Las Vegas, they couldn't give away a KU ticket uh, when they came to Manhattan earlier this season, and they may be running that same problem uh, for Monday's contest as well. Right. And so uh, K-State coming in should feel pretty confident. Uh, obviously, uh the environment tomorrow night will be pretty bonkers, I imagine, just because when you face a team, it's their Super Bowl. Uh, they're going to want to, you know, do anything they can to give their team an advantage against their in-state rival. And so, uh, Now, Drew, I've talked with several KU fans who would I would classify as in the know. When it, they have their finger on the collective pulse of, of Kansas basketball. Mm-hmm. And they say this is the biggest game in the history of the program tomorrow night. So you know that they're going to bring um, a level of intensity that you may not have seen before. So that's something to keep an eye on for sure. Well, and as bad as KU's been, and when I say bad, it's all relative. You know what I mean? Um, oh, well, bad yeah. bad for KU. They're a, they're a fine third-place team in the conference. Yeah, they're, they're average. Um, but certainly not to KU's normal levels. But they are fifteen and zero at home mm-hmm. this year, and they've they've so they've beaten just about every big threat uh, in the Big Twelve at home besides mm-hmm. K State. Uh, for comparison's sake, they uh, that team they lost to by thirty points last night. They won. They beat seventy nine to sixty three in Allen Fieldhouse uh, the game before they lost to K State. So it's a bit of a different team. KU on the road versus KU at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that might factor into it, too. Uh, obviously, you know, they do get some home cooking. But I also think that that environment does play, uh, have an impact on visiting teams. But this K-State team, been road warriors this season. Absolutely. The road um, dogs. Yeah. I mean, when's the last time they lost a conference road game? Well, Drew, that's a great question. The last time they did lose... A conference road game, you have to look back all the way to the second conference game of the season against Texas Tech. Right. And so they, K-State has gone on the road. They did win in Hilton. They, mm-hmm. I mean, they won in, or I'm sorry, they lost in Lubbock. But they've won in, they've won in Hilton Coliseum. They've won on the road at West Virginia. They've won on the road at Baylor. They've won on the road at Texas. Yeah, so they, they've, they've been able to... Go out on the road, and that's why they're sitting in first place in the Big Twelve. Is because they've, you know, they've granted they've dropped two games at home. One, of course, to Texas without Kamal Stokes and Dean Wade, and then uh, on a absolute fluke of a shooting night by Iowa State, they they dropped that one. Of course, Iowa State now after that game, I believe it is a uh, nice little two game losing streak for the Cyclones. That's right. right. So. Uh, water seems to have found its level uh, there with that. But, yeah, K-State has been a great road team all season. And, quite frankly, I don't see any reason why you should think that this moment will be too big uh, for this team. Of course, the last two years, 
games have come down to the wire uh, with K-State falling short. But certainly I think that this is uh, a chance where K-State goes on the road as the better team. I think it, I think it uh, is a favorable matchup for them. Yeah, me too. I mean, especially when you have a group of seniors that have been around the block. Uh, everybody in – this will be nobody's first trip, uh, at least of any uh, serious significance, to Allen Fieldhouse on this team. No. Um, no. You know, Trice, but – Trice and uh, Shania Williams. I mean, right. But, but you don't – I don't really expect a, Trice to get significant minutes tomorrow night, but he might. But bottom line is uh, – that this K-State team shouldn't be too wide-eyed no, going in there tomorrow night uh, because they all remember last year. They all remember that they, you know, at worst went toe-to-toe with KU and uh, really a game that they could have easily won. Could have easily won, but home cooking, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I expect K-State to not be intimidated by the environment, um, and I expect, you know, I think that at least from the players' perspective, they should have no doubt that they can go in there and uh, secure a W tomorrow night. Well, Drew, you've, you've kind of given your, your thoughts on the game here. Do you want to go ahead and give a prediction? Or do you want me to talk a little bit about how I see the matchup going and maybe I can sway you? Yeah, or, sway me. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So, I look at this matchup, as you said, you've got KU. Humiliated on the road in Lubbock. They come home. This is a statement game. They can get right back in the hunt of things for the Big 12 for the Big 12 title. But here's one thing that this KU team does not have. They do not have any leadership. They are one of the softest teams in KU history. As and I don't think that's really a controversial comment. Uh, who when you look at up and down this roster for KU. Who can you point out as a leader? In, in past years, you've had Frank Mason, tremendous four-year player. Uh, Devontae Graham, tremendous four-year player. Perry Ellis, bell cow for them for, for a number of years. They have that leader. They have that go-to guy. Diedrich Lawson, of course, good player, very good player, but doesn't have that killer instinct, doesn't have the leadership qualities that you really look at uh, as, as an alpha dog uh, for a team. That being said, you look at the other side of the coin here with K-State, you've got the experience. You've got Dean Wade, you've got Barry Brown, you've got Kamal Stokes, who've been together for four years. And this right here is a bucket list game for them, as they've, they've made that known for uh, at the beginning of the season. They had the goal of winning a preseason tournament, pre- or a non-conference tournament, mm-hmm. with, uh, and, and they've accomplished that down at the Paradise Jam. They wanted to go on the road. And win at Oklahoma, a place that they hadn't won yet in the in their careers. They wanted to beat KU, which they've already accomplished that. They want to win the Big 12 title, which right now they're well on their way to doing. One box remains unchecked, though. And that's going in to Allen Fieldhouse and coming out with a win. As I said, the last two years, the speed travel and then a, uh, a last-second shot by Dean Wade that that goes, uh, that goes begging. Could have easily been two wins right there for, for this team. Tomorrow is the day. You're calling W tomorrow night. That's right. K-State wins 
in Allen Fieldhouse, 71-67. Oh, interesting. Uh, because you didn't even need to sway me. <laughs> you're, you're, you're all in, man. I'm, I'm already on the Cats. I, uh, I have it, but I have uh, it's slightly lower scoring. Oh, okay. By exactly 10 points for both teams. I have 61-57. Wow. And so uh, I think it's going to be a bit of a grinder tomorrow night. Um, you know, K-State's going to play a slower pace than Tech does. But I uh, I think, yeah, I think that K-State's got all the weapons. You know, I think tomorrow night it's going to come down to K-State's bigs. And I think Barry's obviously going to get his points. But if K-State can really stay out of foul trouble with McCall Maywean down there and have him on the court as often as possible. I mean, we saw Mitch Lightfoot get a lot of minutes against K-State and mm-hmm. some pretty good minutes too. I mean, he was in there getting some offensive rebounds and obviously Lawson's going to be a presence down there. And if K-State's bigs can neutralize that, if Belkow can come in there, if Dean can get some, uh, you know, make a presence down low defensively. Uh, and then I think you're going to find... Guys like Levi Stockard uh, getting some minutes tomorrow night. I, I don't think K-State is going to feel comfortable going too small tomorrow night just because I think KU has the presence down low that you can't just sub around that. Um, but I, I think that it's going to come down to K-State's bigs, but I think uh, K-State's going to get it done. All right. Well, we have both given our prediction. We both see K-State coming out on top on this one. Quickly, Drew, who is your X factor for tomorrow for Kansas State? Or or if you want to say for KU as a guy that you think the game swings on, on them. So either side, if you want to give one from both, that's fine as well. Uh, my X factor is Dean Wade. Um, just I think, he, I think he could have a big night. And, uh, you know, he's had, he had soft duty yesterday. I think he's going to come back feeling fresh. And uh, I would expect him to uh, have a nice game. If I recall correctly, he didn't put up a ton of points uh, in K-State's victory uh, against KU earlier this year, as I'm looking at it. Well, 12, but 5 of 15 from the field. Yeah, and I believe in his career up until that, or at least maybe in the last two two years against KU, his sophomore and junior season, he'd been averaging 20 points a game against KU, so I think that's a great pick there, Drew. I think uh, that's some of your finest work. Well, I think Barry, I, at this point, I think Barry's a known commodity. Oh, and I'm, absolutely. I'm, I'm fully admitting that I'm taking him for granted at this point because I expect him to go out and have an efficient game and put up 15 to 20 points Play plus great tomorrow. defense, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm taking him as a given. Obviously, Sneed, if he gets hot from behind the arc, it's, I mean... It, if that's happening, it's tough for anybody to beat K-State if he's feeling comfortable shooting the three ball tomorrow night and draining him. But uh, if Dean can put up some big numbers, then I think uh, it'll it'll really uh, give K-State a huge advantage against a, a KU team that's, that's kind of searching for itself right now. Two guys I want to point out here as my X-Factors, Kamal Stokes being one. Mm-hmm. And Austin Trice Mm. being the other. Now, full disclosure, I'm not saying Austin Trice goes out there and gets another 12 points. You know, I'm not saying that he's going to contribute 
that much in the scoring department. However, I think you see an expanded role for him tomorrow. And I think it can be just as simple as what it was against West Virginia. Whether if it's providing some minutes, whether, uh, because you know, when you, you step foot in Allen Fieldhouse, Dean Wade is going to have a foul on him already. I mean, you know, that's just, that's just how it always goes there. Right. Do the crooked officiating in this conference. It's disgusting. But I think with Austin Trice, giving that kind of production just – and he's got to have some confidence right now. He just come, comes off playing one of the best games of his career. Oh, certainly the best game of his career at K-State. And he's put two pretty nice performances together. I think that he's going to be called on – in a, in a similar somewhere in between from a, a 16 minute performance or whatever he had against Oklahoma State to the four minute performance he had where he's just going to come in there he's going to probably draw some assignments on on uh, Dedrick Lawson at times where he's going to have to be able to cover him uh, down the post and which I like that I like that defensive matchup for K State yeah that's a I mean Price is an athletic guy who uh, you know was billed as a defender and if, if we just put him in there just to do as much as he can to neutralize KU's post, then I think it's those are minutes well spent. Sure. And we're not asking for him to go out and, and get a double-double. Just ask him to be solid. And I think he, I think he can do that. Uh, with Kamal Stokes, I think the one player that KU, other than Lawson, that they're really going to have to pay attention to, of course, is, is Devon Dotson, the point guard for KU. Very quick. I expect to see Barry Brown uh, guarding him as well. But I expect Kamal Stokes to, to have to play. I want If Kamal Stokes plays even from the point guard uh, position, excuse me, with Devon Dotson, I think K-State wins this game. Oh, I do and, I, and, yeah. I, and I expect that to occur. Uh, with Kamal Stokes, you know you're going to get pretty solid decision-making from the point guard position. Not going to be a guy that... Turns it over uh, a ton, but just being solid there, uh, distributing the ball well, getting others involved, and also knocking down some shots, which he, which he has uh, he's been shooting the ball well lately. So I expect that to continue. Yeah, I think, uh, as we talked about earlier, Cam is really, in my view, what Jet started K-State on Saturday. And if he can neutralize Dotson and add in some efficient offense and you know limit turnovers and maybe put in a couple threes, then I think uh, that's a great night for him. So we both love the matchup here for K-State. We're both projecting the Cats win. What was your score again? Uh, 61-57. 61-57. I'm 71-67. So you're probably taking the over. Depending on what the line is. I don't think I've seen the uh, over-under. I haven't either. But, that. but uh, yeah, I think, I think K-State's going to have to score uh, probably – 68 or more to win. I, I you think, think so. You I think, think it's going to – I think K-State will – because KU does shoot the ball better at home. Uh, they're, I mean, obviously they're a, a good – very good team at home. I mean, their they're 15-0 record at home uh, obviously underscores that. But I think that they are picking the wrong team at the wrong time uh, to welcome in. I think K-State gets it done. Well, you and the Sharps. You agree right. on that? That's right. So – well, I think that'll do it here for uh, the Oklahoma State review and the KU preview. Uh, D. Lewis, is there anything else you'd like to add uh, before we uh, get on to the next part of the show? 
Uh, no, I think we, we covered everything, and I think that uh, we see this game uh, fairly similarly. All right, well, that'll do it here for the Oklahoma State Review and the KU Preview of Big Monday in Lawrence, Kansas, as the Big 12 leading K-State Wildcats look to put the final nail in the coffin of the Kansas Jayhawks and their 14 consecutive conference title streak. That'll do it for this portion of the podcast. We'll be back after this to answer your questions and ask the icon. Join us after the break. To the line. Four-point lead, Kansas State. Nine seconds to play. Here comes Kansas in a hurry. Russell Robinson. No fouls for K-State. Chalmers, long three. In and out. Kansas State has the ball. Kansas State has won it. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. I'm joined here by Chris the Icon Sork. As we are getting into uh, this week's edition of Ask the Icon. And just quick programming note, uh, we'll have a podcast later this week. We'll, where we will uh, introduce you to this week's Wildcat legend. But as we've mentioned before, only one legend a week. You can't, you can't uh, oversaturate or inflate these things. But we're getting into Ask the Icon for now, and you can send your questions to the Short Side Options' very own Chris the Icon Sork by tweeting them at us at the Short Side Options uh, Twitter account, which is at TSSO underscore podcast, or using the hashtag Ask the Icon. Or there are other ways you can... Uh, yeah, uh, and I and I mentioned this uh, today. Uh, let folks know that there's a, of course a myriad of ways that they can get a hold of us. Whether if it's um, Carrier Pigeon, which I believe we did get a question uh, this week. We did finally uh, somebody utilized our our Carrier Pigeon uh, Avenue. Coop. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but also too, I mean, I've I, quite frankly, I've been a little disappointed. No one's assaulted me yet on the street uh, and asking me a question that way, but. You know, there was last night uh, when I was sleeping, well, going to sleep, uh, I heard some tapping on my, uh, on my, the wall that uh, I share a, a wall with the other apartment, and I immediately sprinted to get my notebook, my notepad out, mm-hmm. uh, and of course I take uh, just great notes during every game. Uh, that's how I get all my stats, mm-hmm. but I started jotting it down because I assumed it was Morse code. Um, turns oh. out, in by about. The seventh or eighth letter, uh, none of it made sense, and so I assumed that, um, you know, maybe it, just some it, mouse it, was running around. Yeah, possible. There. Yes, but uh, that's another way you can reach us. If you somehow have access to one of the shared walls of our apartment, go ahead and tap me a message. I'll, I'm I'm ready. Um, He's ready. He's got his pen in his pad. I got He's my pen in my pad. I I know I know Morse code, uh, but that's another that's another means of uh, reaching us. But as for the carrier pigeon, uh, our friend up north, uh, Big Dog in Madison, uh, tied a little note to uh, one of our birds and sent it down south. And uh, it's a long travel. It's a, it's a long trip, but you know what? You made it. it the system works. Utilize it. Utilize it for crying out loud. Uh, but Big Dog in uh, Madison's question uh, is as follows: What do you think of Coach Kleiman's slogan, "Win the dang day"? Uh, if you were K-State's football coach, what would your slogan be? I think it's really cheesy, to be a, a thousand percent honest. Wow, harsh words. I think it's really cheesy, but whatever. It. Uh, I don't really care about slogans. But if I was to have a slogan, because this is what the icon is all about, folks, I'd be... 
be copying former Raiders owner and general manager Al Davis with just win, baby. Because at the end of the day, that's all I care about. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. You know what my slogan would be? What, what is it? The legend returns. <laughs> well done. What do you think about that? I think that's great. Let's everyone welcome Coach D. Lou. The legend returns. That's right. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, our next question comes from listener Ryan Moss at Powercat Ryan. Uh, this, is this a first time from uh, Mr. Powercat Ryan? First time, long time for Powercat Ryan. Oh, that's great to hear. Welcome to the show, Ryan. What do you, what, what's he got for me? Uh, icon. K-State wins the Big 12 and KU doesn't get a share. What do you put on the billboard in Topeka along I-70 opposite the KU billboard that usually has something about their streak on it? You, of course, know the bill. The, oh, I know. This, the twin billboards, as I like to call them. As a resident of our state's capital for a few years, I had seen that every day as I trekked to and from work. And this is, I think, we, we've been doing this podcast now for, what, six, seven months? Yeah. I think this is maybe me my favorite question that I've number one that I, wow. that, that I think that we've ever received number one with a bullet Powercat Ryan it's a good job by him there it's a it's a really good question so Drew you're you're very very witty I don't know if I've ever told you that yeah but I'm telling you that now I'm curious to what you think of this I think you have K State now this this would be best. If it's a if it's a sole possession K State title, but I think it would work either way. But it would be better if it was okay an outright title. Well, this is the, the premise of the question is K State wins, KU does. Yeah, exactly. But what I think would be perfect is a picture of the title with Dean, Kamau, and Barry center cut in this in this billboard with them holding the title to 2018 or 2019. 2018-2019 Big 12 champs with with uh, right underneath it, no asterisks needed. Oh, yeah. What do you think about that? I think it's great. Yeah, it's you, a you nice slap in their... I think, I think that's pretty strong. Right slap there. their beak. Yeah. Put their beak in the dirt. That's right. A bit. Yeah, that's right. Go. So what do you, you think? That's pretty good? Yeah, I think it's great. You have any... You have any oh, I'd be, a, I'd be a stooge about it. I, I think I'd have something about... The football team. <laughs> I know something about the football team. Telling people to buy season tickets for that. Then maybe like at the bottom of the billboard in parentheses, be like, oh, and also congratulations to the K State's men's basketball team for winning a Big Twelve championship. There you go. But you go. two sides look. Two sides of uh, of looking at. It. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Moss at Powercat Ryan has a, a second question. Oh, okay. Well, let's see if this. I mean, he's got a tough act to follow after that first question. That's there, right. D-Louis. But let's see if lightning strikes twice. He says. How far down in the Big 12 standings does KU finish? Yes, can oh. they finish above third? I mean, obviously they can. So, what's uh, where? How do you where do you see this going? How how where does KU finish in the Big 12 this year? Well, that's a that's a very good question there uh, by by Mr. Powercat Ryan there. Well, as we've both said, we we see KU uh, we well we see K State winning uh, on Monday against KU. And quite frankly, uh, Dilo, when you look at this remaining schedule for, for KU, they've got two more road games. On the road, 
against Oklahoma State, who they have had a real tough time at Oklahoma State over the last several years. Yeah, but... Yeah, I know. I I know, okay. But they also go on the road uh, to Oklahoma, which uh, the Sooners have been playing some better basketball. Uh, Got Had a nice week uh, going on the road to TCU uh, and winning last Saturday, and then uh, beating Texas at home uh, just the previous uh, Saturday so they're on a nice little two-game win streak. They go on the road to Iowa State uh, tomorrow, which will be a tough game for the Sooners. But the Sooners are playing a, a little bit better basketball after after a five-game losing streak here kind of throughout the heart of conference play. But really, when you see KU on the road, I mean, if you're a KU fan, you look at any game on the road as, well, we haven't had any luck this season. I don't know why it would just miraculously start now, other than the TCU game, which... I mean, took, it really took overtime. Yeah, and it took a um, – they blew a 12-point lead with, like, seven minutes left, only to see TCU blow a four-point lead with a minute and a half left uh, in order to, to get that. And TCU's really uh, fallen on uh, some rough times. Uh, of course, did get a nice win over Iowa State. But to answer Powercat Ryan's question, I could see a scenario where they easily finish fourth. Uh, I think they're going to lose – uh, obviously to K-State on Monday. And I think they will drop at least one of those um, games to the Oklahoma schools on the road. And I see them finishing out at 11-7 uh, and seven in the uh, in the conference, which I think will be... Now, beyond- they do get Baylor. I mean, who would finish above them? Uh, I, Baylor well, or Iowa State? Well, Iowa State had, had a little bit of a... T- had a tough, uh, tough week as well. I think 11-7 and seven still gets them at third. But uh, there will be some tiebreakers that will have to be used for that. But it, just kind of off the cuff, doing some back of the napkin type uh, type of arithmetic here, I think eleven and seven, uh, in due to the tiebreakers, will have them finishing uh, have them finishing third overall. I think yeah, I think third's probably the safest bet because they did beat Baylor on the road earlier. So in and they get Baylor at home in the last game of the season. Yeah, so uh, I'm saying 11 and seven for KU in, in a third place, con- uh, third place in the conference finish. Interesting question there. That's another good question by Ryan Moss. Uh, our next question comes from listener Ep at Johnny underscore Epley Seed on Twitter. Ep asks, biggest opportunity for the squelching of the squawks since. We touched on this earlier. I don't think it, ever in my lifetime. So certainly not since I've been. Following K State basketball, maybe when I, I don't have, you know, well, the 1980, 1989, 1990 uh, in the fresh of my mind. But, well, the one, the one thing I could say here is uh, in KU's national championship run in uh, 1988, K State met them in the Elite Eight that year. And that would have been a, a the, probably the prime opportunity to squelch the squawks, which, of course, K-State did not do. So you'd have to look back then, I think, would be the only uh, – would be the best memory that would come to mind for me. And, of course, I, I wasn't around for it, so. Uh, so decades. Yeah. Before we get into this next question, can I ask you a question? Of course. You a Runza guy? You know, I have to say, I, I've never had one. I haven't either. This will make this next question very interesting. I know. Uh, am I, listener, am I uh, for some trouble here? Listener, Fighting Bruce Webbers at Jay Wyland, 1125, 
asks, if Bruce Weber were a Runza flavor, what would he be? And why? Now, if I, if I, rem, if I know Runza, what are they? They're beer rocks, right? They're little. Essentially, yes. I, I, that's all I know of them. I, that's all I know of them, too. And frankly, I'm not even 100% sure what a beer rock is. I know it's. Okay, so I, I, I associate them with uh, Nebraska. Yeah, that's right. And they look there like is little, one, There is one, however, in Lawrence. They look like. Or at a, least there used to be. In my mind's eye, I'm picturing something. A combination of a Subway sandwich and a Hot Pocket. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair... Uh, a fair... Description of one. Yeah. So, you may not have had a uh, Runza before, Icon. But I assume, of course, you're familiar with the flavors. Yeah, of course I am. Yeah, so... What's why, your why wouldn't I be? Yeah, well, you... You have a keen sense. You have a keen awareness of all sorts of foods. Oh, absolutely. I know what beef tartare is, and but I've never had it before. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, with that in mind, how would you answer this question? Well, one, these kind of questions. This is what keeps the icon sharp. Sharp here, mm-hmm. with with these kind of questions. So that's a good job there by Jared. Uh, wanted to. Um, to answer that question with, I've never had a Runza before, but I'm going to have to go with the Southwest Runza. Oh, and you yeah. know why? Why is that? Because he's a scorpion. That's right. And where do scorpions <laughs> reside? Deserts. Southwest. And, and in Manhattan. Absolutely. So the Southwest Runza equals the scorpion. It'll, it'll sting you. That's well, spice. All that, that's right. All right. That's a good job there by uh, our friend... Uh, our friend fighting Bruce, Bruce Weber's. Good job by him. Uh, listener Steve Z asks our next couple questions. Steve Z asks, let's say next year's starting lineup is McGurl, Jada, Neil Williams, Sneed, and Maywean, our bell cow. Mm-hmm. What seed in the tournament does this team get? Seven. Uh, seven. So you don't six, see, six or seven. So you see a bit of a drop off, but certainly not falling off the face of the earth. Oh no! I think that this team will be. That's probably a twenty win team. In yeah, the regular season. Yeah, twenty wins is that was always kind of the the magic number, so to speak. If you can win twenty games, that gets you into the NCAA tournament. I don't know if that's necessarily the tr- uh, the same because you know there's a lot of different factors to go into that. You know who you beat, when you beat them, where you beat them, all that stuff. But yeah, I think that next year's team. Especially, at, I mean, I'll tell you one thing we mentioned, and I think uh, this will be a good time to, to touch on this further, but last, uh, last Saturday against Oklahoma State, you saw Sean Neal Williams get the most playing time he's really got here at K-State. And it's hard to not look at that and say, wow, there's some serious talent here. Now, this is a guy that wasn't just some, some nobody uh, that, that K-State recruited. This guy was a fringe one, uh, top 150 player by rivals. And you can see why the 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 floor vision, the agility, the explosiveness, the length defensively. By the time he's done here at K State, you're going to be looking at a pretty special player. I agree. I agree. I think that that team, especially with and you have a nice little mix too, because with Mayween you get a, what will be a two year starter, uh, you know, as a as a centerpiece down low. You have a a guy with Snead who's started for three years. You have and a you guy kind of do it all. And, and you had a guy like Jada who 
top sub, also started uh, for half the year last year. So you get a guy – I mean, this team isn't going to be as – I mean, obviously when you go from uh, Dean Wade, Barry Brown, Kamal Stokes, there's no more veteran uh, trio of anywhere in, in, the, in, the, in the conference, anywhere really in the country. But this next wave of, of next year's team – they're not exactly inexperienced by any stretch. Uh, a lot of teams would really like to have some of that experience uh, coming back. So I think K-State's in a lot better shape than some people probably think uh, going into the 2019-2020 season. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think that's a great point, especially yesterday after seeing what uh, some of what Shania Williams can bring to the table. I think that uh, if that can progress throughout the rest of this season and Certainly in the offseason, then K-State, uh, that would be a pretty nice piece. I wonder if he would start in that. That would be a pretty small lineup. Yeah, it might be a little bit small, but those are guys that are going to get to play a lot. So whether if they start or yeah. not, I mean, it, that's a little trivial. But Neil Williams might be a good guy to kind of fill Jada's role this season, coming off the yeah. bench, being Could one be. of the first guys off Could the be. bench. Could be. And K-State, obviously, they've been in the graduate transfer market uh, for the really the last couple seasons. They brought in um, Maudu Sala who uh, didn't really play much last year. Um, but they've been active in that market. They had some misses on some guys that they were after uh, this last season. So I would expect K-State to, to continue to be active in that market and maybe able to find a nice piece there as well. All right, Steve Z asks a follow-up question at SL Keck. Uh, his second question, and this is, this is a little bit off the wall. He asks... In a five-man enter, one-man leave situation. So what I'm envisioning is a bit of a modified, well, a modified elimination chamber, I guess, or, oh, or a fatal okay. five. Okay. Well, I, I'm trying to wonder this scenario. Does everybody have to get pinned? Does one? Is this a fatal five-way? Does one man have to get pinned? I mean, I assume. No is this the is. end of a? Let's let's assume it's the end of a Royal Rumble. Okay. okay. Final five in a Royal Rumble over okay. the top. Row. Over the top. Ooh. Okay. Uh. In a five-man enter, one-man leave situation between the icon, that's you. That, that is me, yes, that's correct. Jail Kurtz, which, of course, is KMAN's John, John Kurtz. Kurtz. yeah, of course. Uh, Matt Hall of Rivals, at Kellis Robinette, former dud. Former dud, that's correct. Uh, and at Scott Wildcat, who is the one that leaves? So who is the one that is remaining? Who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's, yeah who, who, who's the one man who's, that leaves? Who's the top dog? Five man enter, one man leaves. Who's yeah. the one that leaves? Well, I'm going to go back to a, I believe a video I saw, uh, kind of right before the start of basketball season, where it had been documented that McCall Ween had really beefed up and had, I believe, 25, 23 reps of 185 mm -hmm. or 225. I can't remember what the. The uh, I think it's 185 is what the um, the NBA combine. I know it's I think it's 225 for the NFL combine, but for basketball it's a little bit lower. So, uh, but anyway, point being, I believe there was a video floating around out there of Matt Hall repping out uh, quite a few reps. That being said, uh, I don't think I'm going to be much of I'm I'm tough and aggressive. Yeah, you're tough. But I I pro I I live by goal number five. I think that much has that's been your mantra. That's, that much has been has been made uh, pretty public at this point. But uh, I don't think I could put up 185 more than maybe a handful of times. So 
Got to give the uh, got to give the edge to him there. Yeah, he'd be a load, especially in a Royal Rumble scenario. I mean, you look at. I mean, who won the first Royal Rumble? It's Big John Studd, of course. Of course. And everyone he knows was a load. This. Yeah, everyone knows this. And so, but I've always kind of envisioned Matt Hall's. I've always kind of thought of him as the Big John Stud of the uh, K State media circuit. Well, and uh, but I will say, we know who won last year's or this year's Royal Rumble. That's right. The Kingslayer. Seth Rollins himself. The architect. That's right. And I've always... It's funny you say that, because I've always kind of envisioned Kurtz as the Seth Rollins of the... I think I saw him saying that he had no chance, so... I mean, if you disqualify yourself, then I mean, how how can you get anyone to believe in you? Maybe he's the Kurt Hawkins. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mr. O for 290. Did he get to 300 already? Uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, Kurtz might be a jobber. Yeah, he might be. He might be. Uh, that's a good question. That's a great question. So, congrats to Matt Hall, the uh, the, uh, the big John Stud over there. That's right. Uh, and now we're getting into a little bit of um, the Philosopher's Corner. This is always one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, the Philosopher's Corner, of course, with Bintren on Twitter. Uh, Bintren's question is as follows: <clears throat> Plato teaches, "quote Human behavior flows from three main sources." Desire, emotion, and knowledge. End quote. When examining the contest on Monday between our alma mater and our greatest foe, who will have the desire? Who will have the emotion? Who will have the knowledge to prevail? Icon? Wow. That's phenomenal stuff. Let me think about that. That's a smart question. Very smart. I feel enlightened. Just by the question. Exactly. And I can only answer this as simply as I can. K-State. 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 What else needs to be said? K-State. 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 It's poetic in its simplicity. I think that's what makes it so poetic is the simplicity. Yeah, it is. That's that's I, it's, that's good work by me. It's there. a smart question, and maybe a smarter answer. Our next question, our next question comes from listener Trim at TrimGoEma on Twitter. Trim asks, "Did you know that Fatty Fest 2019 is now officially scheduled for September 21? Did you? I did not. All right. Well, uh, mark now, your calendars, but, folks. But, but now we do, and uh, we will, of course, be." Um, Active in promoting that, of course, as we were this last uh, Fatty Fet or Fatty Fest, and um, can't wait for it. Real excited, glad to hear that we uh, got a date set. So, is that? Uh, it's we, an off weekend. It's an off weekend. Perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. It's, it's uh, an off, an open weekend for K State, and uh, if you're needing to scratch that itch to get down to Manhattan, it's a great opportunity. No better, no better cause, uh, no better time to be had. That's right. Uh, Ryan Moss asks a third question. He's asked two great questions so far. Let's see if he can. Uh, his third one is uh, lives up. To, I, I feel like he might be pushing the envelope here a little bit. We'll, we'll see. He asks, <clears throat> when K State football gets new base uniforms. What? Never mind. We'll we'll just skip over that. question. No, no, finish it. Finish the question. Settle down. Sit down. When K-State football gets new base uniforms, would you be in favor of a road alternate against KU or Iowa State 
and then break out the, quote, Snyders for the home game versus the other opponents? What's your answer? Is this a question about uniforms? <laughs> I think it is. Well, I'm going to compose myself here. I don't know if Ryan, yeah, I think he's first-time question asker. Well, this is the third question. Well, but first time. First week. First week, yeah. We don't talk about uniforms here. We, we, don't, don't, we, we, just, we don't have time for it. So we're going to let them off the hook easy here. We don't talk about them, and we'd appreciate it if everybody else just shut up about them too. It's well said. So everyone stop talking about them. It's not that hard. Who, who cares? Shut up. Name on the front. Not all the ancillary features of uniforms or colors. Who cares? At, this isn't ask Giorgio Armani. It's ask the icon. If I wanted to talk about fashion and uniforms, I'd head down to Saks Fifth Avenue. Our next question comes from listener Michael Beasley, fan club president. Oh, oh Mr. President, back president's drop it in. At KSU underscore funny 33. What's he got for me? The commander-in-chief asks as follows. If we win tomorrow night, will Bruce hold another funeral for self, but this time have it in the... And then he uses a euphemism for the, uh, the arena that KU plays their home basketball games in that has to do with human excrement. Well, that's fitting. It's fitting. That got a lot of play here. Okay, so for those that are maybe unaware, when Bruce Weber took over for Bill Self at Illinois, there was, you know, Bill Self was a popular coach at Illinois when he left to go to KU. Long story short, and I'm not going to go through all the details here, but long story short is kind of well, the season had already started a little bit, and there had been a lot of talk, oh, you know, Bill Self did it this way, you know, yada, yada, yada. And Bruce had a quote-unquote funeral for Bill Self saying, hey, that era's over. Don't worry about it. We're on to new things, okay? And that got a lot of um, got a lot of run. And people viewed it as disrespectful, so on and so forth. However, Bruce had said, you know, nothing was meant out of any type of malice, any type of disrespect. It was just a... We're clean the slate. We're going forward. And it's really a big deal about nothing. But KU fans and uh, all that stuff, they th- like to throw a fit about it all the time. Because they're babies. They're crybabies. Yeah. They're a bunch of wimps. And, yeah, funeral's tomorrow. 10-10. Don't miss it. How do you like that? I think it's... I think it's appropriate. I and where I hope KU yeah. fans are going to wear black tomorrow night because uh, you know what, how how about that if case oh, I'm not what if K State and this is the last I'm going to mention it they wear black colored clothes tomorrow to play basketball in because it's a funeral they're that would be mildly noteworthy wouldn't uh, that be something yeah wouldn't that be something sure wearing would. the black unis out there giving them. Hey, will you shut up? Sorry. Uh, just hit me next time, okay? <laughs> just punch me square in the mouth. Just shut up about it. Who cares? There's going to be a funeral. Wear whatever you want. I don't care. Wear basketball. Wear basketball clothes. Wear basketball watching clothes. <laughs> yeah. Just whatever you want to wear. I don't care. Yeah, we're... Yeah. Who cares? Uh, the, the president asks a, a second question as well. 
He has. Uh, speaking of Allen Fieldhouse, is it the most overrated venue in all of sports? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. It, it's a it's a basketball arena. I, I mean, they it's loud. They get into the they get into the game. You know, they 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 have great passionate fans, but it's just another basketball arena. I've been there. Been there a couple times. Goals are still ten feet tall. Still ninety four feet court. Nothing special. I was speaking of ninety four feet courts. I was thinking, what if, <laughs> what if basketball courts were a little bit like baseball fields? And oh, you can tailor it to kind of you know your own yeah your own style of play. What do you think about that? Make it a little wider, make the goals a little taller, maybe. That's something I think to think about. Might, might be on something. You know, maybe let the NIT screw around with that. Yeah, of, they, that's kind of the pre, that's kind of the uh, yeah. Let them ex- the, let that be our experiment. The training ground for all these new uh, implementations maybe, of basketball. Maybe we do half court. You know, back in the day, like way back in the day, there was. Uh, there are arenas with poles right at midcourt. <laughs> I'm, de- I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding either. About like load-bearing, like, yeah, to like support the, the arena? Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm not saying these are in, like, you know, big 10, 15,000 seat arenas, but, like, in high schools around Kansas and around other places, there were obstructions, obstructions on, the- on the courts. And, kid, kid you not, I've read a book where I mean, team ran their offense around this thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a set of pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's been done before. Maybe Bring it back. Everything's cyclical in this world. Do you know that? Consider it. <clears throat> Next question comes from listener Brett Henning at Brett W. Henning on Twitter. Brett asks, looking to the future, which player on this year's basketball team has the most improving to do in order for K-State to have comparable success next season? Okay, so we mentioned Shania Williams as a guy that – um, could really be a special player here for K-State. And he'll have to take a big leap forward because uh, I think he does have some tremendous potential. However, I'm going to look at a couple different fo- – I'm going to look at a group of players. Uh, and I'm lo- going to look at the front court with Stockard, uh, Love, Shad, and Trice. That has been a weakness for K-State this year. And with Stockard, he'll be entering his junior year. Well, did he uh, mention the bell cow? No, I didn't mention Belkow. Okay. But, I mean, he, everyone, everyone can stand improve. But I'm really focusing more on the reserve. On the, gotcha. And you gotta get you got to get some more, better production out of those guys. And next year, you don't have Dean Wade, who's obviously preseason all-conference player of the year. Um, had, he's, hasn't had a great year this year. I think he'd probably even tell you that. But he's been injured. And he's, he's just kind of getting back into it. Hopefully he's able to get back to 100% by the time – uh, the NCAA tournament gets around. However, if K-State's going to have a good team next year, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but that group as a whole is going to really need to uh, to step up in a big way. No one's going to be able to replace a Dean Wade in terms of his 16 points, 8 rebounds, whatever it is that he can go out and get on a night. But everyone can chip in and, and lessen – Soften that blow just a bit. So I think that uh, you're going to look at a lot of those players, but I, I really look at those those reserve bigs that we have currently on the roster right now. And, of course, as I mentioned too, K-State, I expect them to be active in the transfer market. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in a guy who's who's played. Throw some numbers at the front court. Yeah, throw some numbers at the front court. But also, too, I mean, K-State's 
you can if you're a guy transferring from either, um, and now typically these transfers come from, we'll call it the non-power five of of college basketball, uh, and we'll lump in so it's like the power seven. Throw in the American if you want to. Throw in the Big East, um, but maybe they weren't playing as much as they wanted to, or you know at a smaller level they they've done well, but they want to go try to prove themselves at a higher level. Uh, Like Kentucky this year got Reed Travis from Stanford. That's a rare thing kind of where you have a guy who is the star player on his team, like Diedrich Lawson too. you, You don't normally see that as often where you get a guy who's the best player on his team already in what would be considered a power conference transferring to another school Mm -hmm. unless coach coaching changes occur. And that was the case too with Diedrich Lawson, but um, look for K-State to to investigate that avenue as well. Our next question comes from listener James Kendall at James underscore Kendall on Twitter. James asks, where does this team rank all time based on how they finish the season? How much does how they finish the season affect that? Yeah, it affects it a big amount. Yeah. Uh, of course, this is just my opinion. In deal, I'd be honored, first and foremost, to hear your opinion on this. But a rate, an outright regular season title, that would cement this team in pretty rarefied air. Agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Something that hasn't been done at K-State in a very, very, very long time. But if K-State, let's say they win the Big 12 title outright, they get a four or a three, four, five seed, whatever they are, and then don't make it out of the first weekend. It kind of puts a damper that, on the that whole put, thing. That puts a sour taste in your mouth. Now let's say this team, let's say they share a title with Texas Tech or Iowa State or KU or whoever. And they make it to the Elite Eight or maybe they make it back to the Elite Eight or even maybe the Final Four. Does that really – is one better than the other to you? Because I, I place yeah. more emphasis on yeah, what happens this, in the similar uh, term. Yeah, obvious. I mean, if, if this team splits a title and gets to the Final Four, then, yeah, I think that that's significantly better than an outright season that uh, – an, out, an outright conference title that the Falls season short ends of the, in the first 16. weekend. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, I mean, if the bottom line is if this team gets to the final four, I think it's I'm comfortable calling it K State's best team ever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I it's it's hard to you know I wasn't around in 1952. You were? Well, you know I'm a man of of age and I'm a man of distinction, but uh, not quite that much age uh, nor distinction. But, but but also to to you know kind of go on that a little bit further, I would say that this team. In this senior class has already cemented themselves in a pretty good light in my in my view. Winning a conference title outright would only add to that. And if they win the conference title and go to another Elite Eight or go to the Final Four, I don't think there's any question this is uh, the best team not only in our lifetime, but we'll go ahead and say the best team in K-State history. How's that sound? I think that sounds great. I think that uh, that makes a lot of sense. But obviously, uh, to, to James' do. question, a lot of a lot remains to be seen in terms of where this team ranks uh, on uh, the all-time list for K-State. Uh, and our final question from listener Stephen at Beantown Cat Twenty Two. Uh, Stephen 
asks a hard-hitting X and O's question, so I hope you're ready for this. Okay. He yeah. asks, Mr. Icon, Monday night is going to be chilly night at Beantown Cat 22's household. <laughs> what? <laughs> How about that? Got an extra bowl for me? Yeah, maybe. Uh, he asks, what toppings do you like to put in your chili? Okay, very simple. I'm just a cheese man. However, if you got cinnamon rolls as mm. a side, listen to this. I'll take that cinnamon roll, rip off a piece, dip it in the chili, and eat it. What do you think about that? I think it's really smart. Uh, do you like, what's better? Uh, dipping, what's your Arby's thing? You dip the fries and the cheese? Yeah, that's right. So, do you prefer the cinnamon roll chili mix or the curly fry cheese mix more? The curly fry cheese mix. Can't right. be beat, man. But also, you know what another one is? We get the meat. You know what another one is? What's the that? Guy? Wendy's. French fries oh, and plus frosty. Yeah. chocolate frosty. Yeah, absolutely. That, everyone knows that. Every, every, many people are talking about many, that. Many people are saying this, of course. But uh, to answer your question, cheese is the only topping I go with, but if you've got some cinnamon rolls on the side, we're dipping and ripping. <laughs> you know, have you ever had a... I know he was only asking about toppings, but there's some... People have been putting Burtons in chili lately. Think really? about that, yeah. Sounds good. It's great. But, you know, the one thing is I like... Chili, I like burn-ins. Don't know if I like burn-ins my chili, but yeah. I've never, I've never had it. But I'm, I'm certainly willing to try. Yeah, think about it. Well, that wraps up uh, all our questions for this week's edition of Ask the Icon. A lot of questions. Good job, everybody, this week. Uh, Icon, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Drew, I do. My parting word. My parting words, because it's going to be more than one, uh, to to our listeners is to enjoy uh, K State's game uh, tomorrow against KU, but also enjoy the remainder of the season. This is truly a a special group of seniors and a special team, and enjoy the ride because these type of teams, these type of uh, players, and it's really great to see when you can have. Guys like Barry Brown, Kamal Stokes, and Dean Wade, who you really saw take a lot of lumps early on in their career. Uh, their first year at K-State lost a ton of close games. Second year, you saw some improvement. Third year, of course, was kind of the breakthrough getting the Elite Eight. And this year, they're in great position uh, to win the conference title outright. And to, you know, really make that next step and challenge for a Final Four. So, my words to the listeners is enjoy tonight's game, or enjoy tomorrow night's game against KU, and also enjoy uh, the remainder of the season, uh, hopefully as we uh, are still standing here in April. So uh, that, that would be my advice. That's sage advice. It's really bright stuff, Chris. Well, that'll wrap it up. For this week's edition of the Short Side Option, or for this episode, because we'll be back this week uh, to review the KU game and uh, look ahead to another uh, big game on Saturday for the Wildcats as they welcome the Baylor Bears into town. Uh, Baylor, uh, kind of right there here, still in the conference conference title race, but uh, be a big game as, of course, Baylor has shown that they can go on the road as they went on the road to uh, Iowa State and were able to pull out a victory there in Ames. So definitely a, a, a tough one coming up for K-State. Uh, but first, all attention on the KU game. Uh, Monday, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, we know you'll be tuning in, but thank you for t- tuning in this week to the Short Side Option Podcast. Thanks for listening, and go Cats. Go Cats!